episode six, and we out here. And I got the microphone all to myself, so you know what that means. We about to leak them top ten votes. What's up, everybody? My name is Deshaun Stevens. DJ Lalama is on his podcasting bye week, and I'd like to welcome you to the latest episode of Take It or Leave It, the show where we deliver you sports football news for all 27 different schools. When the 2022 U Sports football campaign began just five weeks ago, can any of us say that we truly expected the season to unfold the way it has so far? Now, yes, I know. The two participants in last year's Vanier Cup in Western and Saskatchewan are still dominating their respective conferences. And to be honest, if you break it down to those two teams, the 2022 U Sports football season might be deja vu of its predecessor. But if you look around the country, outside of Western and Saskatchewan, Change is coming in U Sports football. And no, I'm not talking about the next great RSCQ quarterback in Jonathan Senecal or Glenn Constantine's rebuilt Laval Rouge Or. I'm talking about teams such as Joey Zorn and the Windsor Lancers or Kinzel Phillip and the UFT Varsity Blues. How about Mark McConkey's Regina Rams? Or what about Steve Snyder's Queens Gales who have gotten significantly better than they were last year when they went undefeated? Listen, you probably get the point, but the reality is, outside of Western and Saskatchewan, the 2022 U Sports football headlines have been dominated by programs that haven't even sniffed relevancy for a very long time. Now, to the traditional football fan, this might be the worst thing ever because they might not get to see their favorite programs such as McMaster beat down on people or their favorite programs such as Guelph choke away another playoff game. But to the new U Sports football fan... This might be the best thing ever because it will give them the impression that this league of 27 teams is not dominated by four or five programs and that this product breathes parity and is worth watching on a Saturday afternoon. No matter which way you slice it, I think we can all agree that the 2022 U Sports football season so far has been a breath of fresh air. And fresh air is good for the culture. With that being said, let's get to my top 10 votes. Again, as a reminder, these are my top 10 votes that I submitted this week. My votes do not reflect the overall opinion of the top 10 voting committee, just the opinion of myself. These are my votes, my votes only, no one else's. Let's get to it. In at number one, you already know I got a defending national champion, Western Mustangs, currently sitting at 4-0, and they just draped up Waterloo this past weekend. They won that game 66-3 in their homecoming. The fact of the matter is this. The Western Mustangs have the number one rushing attack in the nation. They're averaging 300 rushing yards per game. That is one of the most productive rushing attacks in U sports football history, and the depth that they got at running back is ridiculous. Listen, I was, I was thinking this was only Keon Edwards and Edward Winati, but this past weekend, Troy Thompson rushed for over 100, and then they had Kanu Yazbek rush for 77 yards as well. The depth at running back on this team is ridiculous. Uh, their defense is only giving up 11 points per game. They're looking unstoppable. I don't know who's going to stop them in the OUA, but listen, the Western Mustangs, for me, are the number one team in the country, and that shouldn't even be a surprise. In that number two is a team that also shouldn't come as a surprise. I got the Saskatchewan Huskies, who are also sitting at 4-0. Just defeated the number nine ranked Alberta Golden Bears 38-16 this past weekend. Saskatchewan has the number one passing attack in the nation. All right, they're averaging 357.7 passing yards per game. I'm looking at quarterback Mason Nice. And listen, I'm going to say it again. This brother's coming for the heck. Through four games, 1,400 passing yards, averaging 350 passing yards, has nine touchdowns, completing over 70% of his passes. This brother is coming for the heck. This defense has only given up 35 points all season. Okay, so this is a clear-cut number one team in the Canada West, my clear-cut number two team in the nation. And to be honest with you, Western and Saskatchewan, these two teams are on a collision course to meet again in the Vanier Cup. 
you can see it right here in the stats. You can see it right here with what we're seeing on the field unfold this season. These two teams are on a collision course. So I got Saskatchewan as my number two team in the nation. In at number three, I got the Montreal Caravan. They're currently sitting at 4-0. I'm going to make this short and sweet. I'm not impressed with what I'm seeing from this program right now. Okay, They're 4-0. They're undefeated. They're at the top in, in the RCQ. But I'm not even sure if this team's going to win the Dunsmore Cup in 2022. They struggled to put away Laval. They won that game by three points. It's Laval. Granted, it's Laval. All right? But then a week later, they struggled to put away Sherbrooke. All right, they won that game by four points, but were only leading by one point with 10 seconds left. So in my opinion, they won that game by one point, okay? They're looking a little suspect, okay? They're looking a little suspect. Not much has changed. Jonathan Senecal, big ups to that brother. He's still, in my opinion, going to be the next great RSCQ quarterback. That brother's making his receivers look good. He's making that offense look good. He's going through all his reads. He's making the right throws. That defense is still doing their thing. They're still shutting down opposing offenses, but I'm looking at the Montreal Caravan. I'm saying, listen, they're 4-0, but I don't know if that's a true 4-0 team, okay? So I got Montreal 4-0 for now. They still undefeated. They still at the top in the RCQ, okay? My worry with Montreal is what's going to happen when if they, if they win the Dunsmore Cup, what's going to happen if they reach that national semifinal where they might have to run into Western? Am I confident this team could possibly beat Western? I don't think so right now. So we'll talk about that when we get to that time period. But for right now, I still got Montreal in at number three. At number four is where my list changes from what y'all have been seeing over the last couple of weeks. Okay, so at number four last week, y'all saw Queens. In at number four, I got Laval. Laval sitting at three and one. To be honest with you, I didn't see any reason to move them from number four last week or this week. Um, I'm looking at this team. They have the most passing touchdowns in the nation. They have 12. Uh, their, their secondary has the most interceptions in the nation. They got eight. Their front seven is third in sacks in the nation. They got 12. And they're fourth in the nation in, in their rushing defense. They've only given up 90, an average of 90 rushing yards per game. This is a really good football team. And they just put up 60 points on the weekend. Okay, so there's no reason, in my opinion, to move LaBelle from number four and put Queens in at number four. So I'm, I kept them in at number four last week, and I'm keeping them in at number four again. Uh, this is looking like a strong football team. They're waiting for that next meeting with Montreal. They lost that recent meeting with Montreal via a field goal. They're waiting for that meeting. Uh, like I said, the last time I talked to you about my votes, I can't move this team up past Montreal until they beat Montreal. So I'm waiting for that next meeting between Montreal and Laval. But I got Laval in at number four for me. In at number five, now I got the Queens Gales. And they've been a top 10 riser for me. At the beginning of the season, I had them more in that borderline area around 8-9. Uh, the last time I spoke to y'all, I had them in at number six, but this team has gotten so much better. Their run game last season was one of the best in the nation behind Rasheed Tucker, and they came back this year and recreated a better run game behind Souls, Langa, and Blackman. So they got that depth, and any of those brothers can give you over 100 rushing yards on any given day. You saw Souls this past weekend had 244 on the ground and four touchdowns. James Keenan has gotten significantly better. He threw two touchdowns, two interceptions this past weekend, but last week, he had the best passing performance of his career, and he's going to get OUA All-Star consideration towards the end of the season. Um, you're looking at their defense, solid, still solid, still shutting down opponents, still doing their thing. Ashton Merlin Blonson, I'm going to keep saying it. That's an all-Canadian boy right there. And the most important thing is, listen, they're putting up points on the board, right? So they had over 40 last week, which was their highest you know, scoring performance this season, and then they came back this week and they had over 60. All right, so if you're scoring over 60 points with your starting quarterback, 
throwing two interceptions, then you're pretty damn good. So I've been really critical of the Queens Gales over the last two years. I've been really, really critical of their success that they had last season. But at this point, I can't really say much anymore. They're shutting me up. All right, they're doing their thing. They're taking care of their business. And they're on a collision course to meet Western in the Ace Cup. And if they keep playing like this and they keep getting better week by week, like what we're seeing right now, it's going to be a really competitive Ace Cup matchup. So shout out to Queens. In at number six, I got the 4-1 Ottawa GGs who were actually ranked 8th on last week's top 10 that dropped. And all I got to say is I'm extremely impressed with what I'm seeing from this program. The biggest issue I've always had with Ottawa is that they perform well in the regular season, but then they've never been able to engineer significant playoff success. You look at the last time they've been to the Yates Cup, their quarterback was Brad Sinopoli. So it's been a while, okay? But during that time frame, they haven't had a lot of losing seasons. So great regular season performance team, but... There's always a drop-off in the playoffs. But if you look at the game that they had this past weekend against Laurier, it's really telling on how this specific group of players handles pressure, handles big moments. Uh, they went to Waterloo. They faced Laurier in their homecoming, and they essentially trailed the game for all four quarters before taking the lead with a little over two minutes left. Laurier drove down the field and tied the game with 30 seconds left. And to see how this team was able to utilize those 30 seconds stay calm, cool, and collective, drive down the field, and get Campbell Fair into field goal range to kick a game-winning field goal was so impressive. So impressive. I'm also looking at J.P. Simonkanda, who has delivered big time for this program. 531 rushing yards on the season. That's second in the nation. I'm looking at that defense that's only giving up an average of 16.8 points per game. That has them in the top 10. And I'm looking at their one loss that came against Queens, and I'm saying there's a little bit of an asterisk beside that loss because there was a lightning delay that paused the game for one hour. Okay, so that changes everything. So I'm looking at the Ottawa GGs and I'm saying, listen, I don't know if this is a true 4-1 and team. This might be a team that could have been 5-0 and if there wasn't a lightning delay. Okay, so I'm looking at Ottawa and I'm saying they're coming for that number two spot in the OUA. Uh, they're going to be a team that's fighting to get to the eighth cup and be that second team in the Yates Cup with Western. I think Western is a lock for the Yates Cup, but between that number two spot in the Yates Cup, it's between Queens, and I'm looking at Ottawa. So I got Ottawa in at number six, but I'm really impressed with what I've been seeing from them over the last couple weeks, and I'm super impressed with what I saw from them this past weekend. So shout-outs to that program. In at number seven, I have the 3-1 and one Regina Rams, who last week were ranked sixth in the nation on a top 10 list that dropped. Here's where I'm at with Regina. I'm extremely confused by this team in many ways, specifically on the defensive end. Okay, here we go. When it comes to stopping the run, there's no one better in the country at stopping the run than the Regina Rams. They're only allowing 72 rushing yards per game, which makes them the top in the nation when it comes to stopping the run. But when it comes to stopping the pass, the Regina Rams are the worst in the nation. They're allowing 315 passing yards per game. That's terrible. Okay, but... What I do know about this program is that somehow, some way, they're getting the job done. They're 3-1, and one, they're second in the Canada West Conference, and regardless of their defensive struggles, they took the Saskatchewan Huskies to the limit a couple weeks ago in that thriller that ended on a David Soley game-winning field goal. So I don't know if the Regina Rams are good. I don't know if the Regina Rams are bad. I just know they're getting it done, and they're, they are where they need to be. I'm waiting for that sequel against Saskatchewan. I want to see if they can avenge that loss that they had a couple weeks ago and get them in that second game. So I got Regina in 3-1. and one. 
All I know is that they're getting it done. They're doing what they need to do. And hey, listen, if you can take Saskatchewan to the limit, you got to place on my top 10. So at number seven, I got the Regina Rams. All right, here we go. List almost done. Um, in at number eight, I got the 4-0 undefeated St. FX X-Men who are coming off a huge win this past weekend over the uh, then number 10 ranked Mount Allison Mounties. I'm going to leave it at this. I ain't even going to give y'all an explanation behind this one. I don't think y'all even deserve an explanation behind this one because the fact of the matter is this. Unless the St. FX X-Men defeat the 2007 New England Patriots, y'all ain't going to rate them. Unless the St. FX X-Men defeat the 72 Dolphins, y'all ain't going to rate them. Unless the St. FX X-Men defeat the Legion of Boom Seattle Seahawks, y'all ain't going to rate them. Okay? No matter who the St. FX X-Men defeat, y'all ain't going to rate them. So I ain't going to give y'all an explanation behind this one. I got St. FX in at number 8, and let's leave it at that. So for me this week, numbers 9 and 10 were super hard uh, to come to a decision on because... I think, like I said last time, when it comes to being at numbers 9 or 10 and on the edge of that list, there's always a question mark surrounding your program and its legitimacy. Uh, Whether it be offensive or defensively, there's always a question mark there. I think there are so many teams in the country right now that are in that 500 range. Uh, These two teams can easily be interchangeable. But for me this week, I settled on Carlton at number 9, currently at 3-2. and And in my opinion, they're coming off a huge win over Windsor, a team that I think should have been in the top 10 for three straight weeks Okay, so in my opinion, they just defeated a top 10 team and they won big. All right, so that was really impressive. Here's where it gets weird about Carlton. All right, their passing game is okay. They're averaging 254 passing yards per game. That's seven in the country. They don't have a rushing attack though. All right, they're only averaging 86.6 rushing yards per game. That's 26th in the nation. And their defense is struggling. Their defense is giving up 23.2 points per game. That's 19th in the nation. And their defense is allowing... 394.4 yards per game that's 20th in the nation so as you can see right they're on the the positive side of 500 at three and two but there's a lot of struggles there on their offense and their defense Um, nonetheless listen they're winning games they have winning record they're in the playoff race uh, so i have them in at number nine and yeah i'm basically predicting that you know hopefully uh, the Panda game for this year will be a top 10 matchup between Ottawa and Carlton. So I think that's what the fans want to see. That's what I want to see. So I got Carlton in at number 9. And in at number 10 for this week, DJ, you're going to love this one, brother. I got the 2-2 two and two Manitoba Bisons. All right. And listen, I got to say first off, shout out to this program because they had a tough start to the season. Uh, they entered the season with high expectations with a lot of pressure, a ranked team, ranked at number six, I believe, to start the season. And they started off with two losses um, that, you know, for a lot of people, for a lot of teams, that would shake their confidence. Uh, but this team has rebounded fantastically. And, and the reason why I have them in at number 10 is the reality is there are a lot of two and two teams across the country right now, but the Manitoba Bisons are on the winning side of being two and two. They've won their last two games. Over the last two games, they've put up a total of 67 points and only allowed 20 points. I love how their offense is rolling. I love what I see from Des Kitelli and the receiving core and even Jackson Tachinski in those little moments where he comes in and does his thing with short yardage. Um, Braden Stubbs is doing his thing in the backfield right now. He is, in my opinion, the heart and soul of that offense. And I'm going to quote the Manitoba social media account. He got God speed. 
All right, and their defense, their defense is doing their thing. Uh, they just limited Calgary to only four points, but then again, it is the Calgary Dinos, and they ain't really saying much this year. Uh, but the defense is clicking on all cylinders. Here's the thing with Manitoba. It's their turn now to face the litmus test in the Saskatchewan Huskies, all right? <laughs> um, two weeks ago, it was Regina's turn to face Saskatchewan and get the and go through the litmus test, and I think they passed. Last week, it was Alberta's turn to face Saskatchewan and go through the litmus test. I think they failed. This week, it's Manitoba's turn to face Saskatchewan and go through the litmus test. And regardless of what happened in the first two weeks, regardless of what happened over the last two weeks, I think we as football fans can all agree that who you are as a football team and the success you will have this year in the Canada West Conference is based on how you play against Saskatchewan. They are the standard in that conference. So we're going to learn all we need to know about the Manitoba Bisons this weekend when they face the Saskatchewan Huskies. Um, but I'm predicting right now, I'm putting in uh, Manitoba for me. I'm voting them number 10. I'm predicting they're going to be a top 10 team in the nation this week. And I'm predicting that for the third week in a row, or is it the fourth, the fourth week in a row, we're going to see Saskatchewan in another top 10 matchup. So I got Manitoba in at number 10. DJ, that was not a biased pick. Um, we all deserve it. Real talk. So big ups to Manitoba. And there you have it. Those are my top 10 votes from this week. Those are the teams I submitted to be a part of the top 10 for this week. Uh, before we sign off, just some notable omissions that were not a part of my list. First off, I got Laurier. Laurier is looking really good, but I can't vote for y'all coming off a loss. Simple as that. But I truly do believe in my heart that the Laurier Golden Hawks will be back in the top 10 at some point this season because they're looking that good. I like what Michael Foltz has done rebuilding that program. I think they're going to be back in the playoffs in 2022. Um, Sherbrooke. I like what I see from Sherbrooke, but I can only judge Sherbrooke based on their performance against programs such as Laval and Montreal. So next week they got Concordia. I expect them to win that game. I'm going to be judging them based on their game after next week when they face Laval again. Remember, they they lost big time to Laval to start off the season. So I want to see how they face against Laval a second time around. And if they can look good this time around and maybe even pick up a win. Mount Allison, I made the conditions really clear. I said, listen, if y'all want to be in my top 10, y'all got to be CineFX. Y'all didn't be CineFX, so y'all not, y'all not in my top 10. Uh, so that's it. that's it for that. <laughs> uh, Windsor, y'all are 2-2, two and two, and I like what y'all are putting together this season. If there's anyone who's advocating for the Windsor Lancers to be in the top 10, it's me. Um, I truly believe you guys are a top 10 team, and, I, and I've been voting for y'all to be in the top 10 for the last three weeks, but I can't vote for y'all to be in the top 10 coming off a loss. Um, so I really want to see how y'all handle that first taste of adversity, that first beatdown that you've really suffered this season. I want to see how y'all bounce back from that. But I think Windsor Lancers, y'all going to be a playoff team this year. And I think y'all going to be a team that people don't want to see in the playoffs. So can't vote for y'all this week, but curious to see what y'all can do for the rest of the season. And the final team I have on this list of notable omissions are the UFT Varsity Blues. I can't vote for y'all because my golden rule uh, for voting on the U Sports Top 10 is I will never vote for a team that has a losing record. And I actually made that rule a few weeks ago when I saw the Guelph Griffins made it onto the list at 1-2 and two over teams that were 2-1 and one and 1-1. One and one. Okay, I don't think losing teams belong on the Top 10. I think that looks absolutely foolish and it ruins the credibility of the list. Okay, um, but nonetheless... I think UFT is a solid team, and I think they're still in the playoff hunt for sure. Okay, they got Waterloo next week. Waterloo is looking hella vulnerable. This is the weakest I've ever seen Waterloo since 2016. Okay, and then after 
you know, UFT has Western. I don't want to talk about that because we know what's going to happen. But they're closing out their season with McMaster, which, based on how McMaster plays over the next couple weeks, could be a winnable game. But we're looking at the UFT Varsity Blues. There is a scenario where they could finish possibly 4-4, four and four, okay? They could finish 4-4, four and four, or they can finish 3-5, and five, or they might just never win a game again <laughs> for the rest of the season, right? Um, but it's, it's in their hands. Right, so I'm looking at UFT. Can't vote for y'all this week, but excited to see how y'all finish out the season. And that's a wrap. Listen, if you made it this far, I gotta say big ups to you. As always, we dare to be different. And so I hope you enjoy the behind the scenes look into the mind of a U Sports top 10 voter. Up next week on Take It or Leave It, we got DJ Lalama back in the studio, and that's gonna be a big time episode because he himself along with the Mantle of Bisons, will be taking on the Saskatchewan Huskies. So I'm excited to hear his perspective on how that game goes, as well as everything else that unfolds in the world of U-Sports football. For all things U-Sports related, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Persevere underscore. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Persevere underscore. And make sure you follow us on TikTok. I'm not going to say it again. Make sure you follow us on TikTok. Um, this podcast is available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. This is Deshaun Stevens signing off from another week of Take It or Leave It. Peace and blessings always.